Howdy, folks. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Pubcast. We are actually in a pub. Woo-hoo. We are in the Thomas House on Thomas Street in Dublin. And uh, so, through the jigs and the reels of it all, um, it's just myself and Jill because Kim couldn't make it due to stuff and Darren couldn't make it due to stuff. So, um, I think, I think really, so for folks that don't know, we did mention on the last podcast, um, Jill, you were in Japan. I was in Japan. I was uh, in Japan, baby. So, uh, the thing about it is, is that you got up to so much. I think it's pretty much probably going to be the topic, the main, main topic of <laughs> the episode. Uh, as always, I am Wayne. I am Jill. And uh, we're sitting here, points, recording device. Lovely big creamy Guinness. Yeah. Um, and so, when did you get back? So, we got back on the 29th after a solid, like, 24 hours of not sleeping and <laughs> traveling that was kind of hard um but yeah we went over on the 8th which meant we arrived in tokyo at 9 a.m the following day um between travel time and time uh difference time zones sure. as well um but uh so we had three weeks in Japan. That is, I suppose, if you're going to do it, you do it right. Yeah, if you're going to travel halfway around the world, you might as well go and for it, like, a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a once, is, is it a once-in-a-lifetime trip? I Well, you see, we did four major cities, and there's chunks of Japan that we obviously haven't seen. So sure. the, 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 the furthest north we went was Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's, you know, the Japanese Alps and everything and uh, all the northern part of Japan that we didn't see. And then the furthest south we went was um, Hiroshima. So beyond Hiroshima, you've got Nagasaki and Okinawa, which is apparently a, a world onto its own. Yeah. Okinawa is very much like, they. I think they've like very different culture to the rest of yeah. Japan. And yeah. obviously they have been uh, military, have, have had American military bases there oh. since second world war yeah um uh there's there's a lot there's quite a bit of american culture that permeated through uh, japan kfc has been there since the 70s yeah there's yeah i, I think uh, from my knowledge of japan that's uh, after world war ii that's kind of what they did yeah they amalgamated a fuck ton of other cultures yeah um and made them their own mm. and for the most part made huge improvements to them mm. um yeah, like, but obviously the American influence due to the due to the army bases, like obviously baseball in Japan is absolutely huge. Massive. We massive. were when we were in <laughs> when we were in Hiroshima, we went to a couple of places to eat, and uh, okinori maki is this type of Japanese pancake that they make mm-hmm. on a teppan grill. And in both places, now to be fair, it was this one building that had about a dozen of these different places, all doing their <coughs> own kind of variation on it. Um, but the two places that we went to, one the first night and the second, the second night, both were watching baseball. Yeah. Glued to the screen, watching baseball. Um, it was obviously all in Japanese, the commentary. But um, there were a couple of American tourists getting in on the action as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, we were walking around the park where the Natural History Museum is in Tokyo. And um, they had a little baseball field which was dedicated to one of the first Japanese baseball players who was from there. Yeah. I was like, so yeah, the, the, the baseball is ingrained in there. Um, quite a few fans. They have a whole 
American League and everything, don't they? Oh, no, they've got a full-on, like, uh, Japanese baseball league that is very... It, they play it differently to America. Right. The way right. they approach the game is different. The crowds are different. The way it's... Uh, it, it actually has an akin to wrestling. Yeah. The way they celebrate pitchers. Oh, and they celebrate certain teams. Like, like, they have... Pitchers in Japanese baseball have entrances, like wow. wrestlers and stuff. It's, it's a very different beast altogether. A lot of American players that, that either do well in America and then are on the retirement or else don't or like do well in America and then don't get hired as free agents, yeah. go to Japan. That's funny because a lot of young wrestlers go to Japan to start off yeah. and then come to America. Like There's so many of the, the WWE crowd who have done time in, in, in the, the wrestling circuit in Japan. It's mad. mad yeah. so, like, there's actually a movie about it called Mr. Baseball starring Tom Selleck. Right. He gets picked up by a Japanese so, team and he has to go to Japan and play there. Never heard of it, yeah, mate. It's cracking. Cracking <laughs> film. But yeah, so I can't believe we got off the baseball that quickly. But <laughs> so when you arrived in, you arrived in on say the 9th of April. Yeah. Like obviously probably wrecked. Yeah. And then trying to figure out how to use our uh, Japanese sims because we got data sims for our Oh, where we go, yeah. So while you couldn't get me on my number, I was obviously still able to use WhatsApp and all socials and stuff. But we got there. <laughs> so funny because Liam had said to me before we left, he was like, make sure your phone is unlocked. And I was like, of course, yeah. And of course, two days before I remembered to ring Vodafone and they sorted it over the phone. They were like, yeah, um, it's unlocked. And I said, just just answer the question. I can put a SIM when I get to Japan, from Japan, in my phone and it'll work. And he was like, Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> because when we got to Japan, so Liam had bought his phone. His his is the modeler too behind mine. It's a Samsung, and he had I think he had bought it from some electronics chain. It's not tied to his yeah, network. Yeah, well, it's a free phone. Okay. So he's like, it's unlocked, and I'm like. <laughs> yeah, we got to Japan and then we discovered it wasn't. So his I, wasn't or yours wasn't? His wasn't. Oh, stinger! <laughs> so uh, we I'm had telling to. You, uh, you remember yours oh, I know, I know. So I had to be navigator for the first week for the week we were in Tokyo. I had to be navigator because just for getting around, we had like the Google Translate app, which is great because you take photographs of signs and it translates, it translates the kanji for you. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Google Maps for getting around. Google Maps has a vendetta or had a vendetta against us while we were in Japan because it kept doing that, like not being able to completely lock on you. So you'd walk like three minutes in the wrong direction before it recalculated and went, no, it's that way, bitch. So I just remember something I was meant to tell you before you went. What? Don't use Google Maps to walk around Japan because... Oh. And particularly for restaurants. Um, I learned this many moons ago because I originally, before I met my now wife, I was meant to be going to Japan to teach English. Right. And it never happened because I met my wife. But um, Google Maps doesn't translate correctly. So restaurants in particular, particularly if they're sushi restaurants, they do not show you the proper restaurants on Google Maps. If you search for sushi on Google Maps, if it's a non-Japanese phone, it shows you the generic temple bar-esque touristy places but if you get the go on to google translate and translate the word for sushi into into kanji you then put the kanji into google maps in japan and then it gives you sorry yeah so hopefully you didn't get food poisoning no no we didn't actually and and i was i was 100 that person i had like uh antihistamines and fucking mosquito bands for our wrists and i brought like paracetamol and ibuprofen and fucking emodium and all sorts just in case we got like in any ways <laughs> um i think i had a headache once um 
but uh yeah so i <laughs> i had to be navigator um and that was fine uh tokyo was really easy to navigate i have to say like we have no japanese like we have a handful of phrases between us yeah and <laughs> with the best will in the world we had the lonely planet guide for japan which is about the size of fucking lord of the rings it's that thick um and he had a, a phrase book best intentions to 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 learn phrases and of course we didn't um japanese people super helpful yeah and you know, there, there, there was quite a bit of pointing and, you know, reaffirming what we wanted when we were ordering. But um, a lot of younger people speak English as well. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was cool. Um, and they were super nice. And, you know, even people who I was struggling with, I would joke and say, oh, I'm sorry, my Japanese is terrible. And they'd laugh. <laughs> so I think I endeared myself to a few people over there. Um, but yeah, Tokyo is fucking massive yeah like we had six nights in tokyo the first when we first got there and i think by the when we got in on the saturday it took us like probably a day to acclimate because you're like okay i've just traveled all the way here and let's find our bearings but we did a lot of like going to shinjuku and shibuya different areas just even to have a wander around and see shit. you went to harajuku i take it yes yeah, which yeah. is a, a street in uh shinjuku and it's deadly that's where i got my potato on a stick my spiral oh, potato on a stick yeah. from the shop called long longer or longest <laughs> <laughs> they were selling potatoes right yeah there was potatoes they were selling <laughs> so they they did like right this early. They did obviously a, a spiralizer cut on yeah. a potato and like put it along this massive big fucking barbecue skewer. So let me get this straight. You, an Irish woman, <laughs> traveled all the way to Japan for to have potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> Japanese style. Um, yeah, I got my, my spiral potato on a stick. Um, that, that area was crazy. Um, some parts of Japan are just in your face all the time like some of the areas that are lit up at night time you're just kind of walking around in a daze but we got to do some cool stuff in in tokyo like i had certain things that i was like we have to do this this and this um i got to go to a a, a pig cafe a piglet cafe so, so this is akin to the cat cafes where they actually yes. have piglets yeah. in the cafe yeah 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 like, it's so, not that it's not that like oh look at this cute piglet and then they kill it and you eat it it's like no. this is like oh look at the cute piglet and it's like you stroke it so nice. um i know with some of the cat like there were cat and dog cafes while we were there we didn't go to any of them because well because one liam is allergic to cats yeah, fuck and cats. uh i quite like cats but it wouldn't be fair on him and also um i didn't think anything could top the pig cafe um they yeah, brought it's... you in and it's it's not like everybody's in a cafe room with like tables and chairs they they you have like they have their little areas so you're like brought down this little corridor and they have their little area and you sit on the floor with them they give you in your coffee and your trees good luck trying to fucking eat that when those lads are running yeah. over you they give you treats for the pigs. Okay. Which is like chopped up carrot and stuff. And they tell you, oh, put it on the palm of your hand and flatten your hand like feeding a horse. Jesus Christ, you didn't have time to flatten your hand before they were trying to jump into your hand to eat it. So I ended up just flicking them across the room and making them chase it. Like, because... Make them work for their food? Well, you see, what happened was Liam tried to feed them and Charlie bit my finger. Um, <laughs> it jumped on his finger and he actually, like, like drew blood. And now, now Liam doesn't like pigs as well as cats. <laughs> but um, three, three, we had four in our little area and three of them fell asleep on me. 
Um, they are adorable. They were only like between, I want to say, three and six months, the girl in the cafe told us. So, um, so this is my morbid curiosity. Where do they here. go after six yeah, months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go to the farm. When you say they go to the farm... Do they go to like the the bacon shop next We're door? We're just going to ignore that. Really? <laughs> I don't oh, know. No. I don't know. They have they have a couple of locations. So we went to the one uh, we went to the one in Tokyo, which was I think it was near. Oh, I think it was in the Shibuya area okay. because we didn't have far to go to go to Shibuya Crossing after that. Um, but uh, they have that location there. And then they have one, I think you have to travel about an area outside of Tokyo to say it. And that's called the Pignic Cafe and Farm. So I'm like, I don't know. Who knows what happens to these piggies after they get to a certain age. But I'm just going to ignore that. Yeah. Um, For anyone who's listening that's curious, I'm sure you can Google it right now and find out where they go. Um, but they were very sweet little dudes. And after after they were fed, they like chilled out. Now they'd like bully each other into who was sitting closest to me <laughs> but um they're like super clean and not smelly or anything pigs like are clean creatures yeah yeah like that whole they're thing in Pulp fiction where they're meant to be filthy animals they're no, not they're really not. yes they you know run around in mud and shit and stuff like that but for the most part they're generally quite clean well these well that's obviously if they're running around in mud and stuff if they're on a farm, farm these yeah. little dudes are, are in their their little areas covered in blankets yeah um, you know they, they they are kind of um litter tray trained they had like a little spot in the corner where okay. they were like, so these are like, like puppy domestic, pads and stuff to, full on domesticated domestic. pigs exactly yeah okay um, living their best little piggy lives um, for at least six months Exactly. Stop, and just keep sorry, it's my brain keeps going to that. I was like, where did they go, Jill? Where did they go? I know. Um but uh after that we went to the famous well, we went up a nearby building so that we could look down seven floors on the Shibuya crossing. And yes. as we were as we were watching, we spent like about You sent us a video or a picture of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the sun was going down as we were up there, so like within a half an hour of us getting up there it was it was dark and it looked more impressive cool. but um it's it's an intersection of something like 10 different pedestrian crossings and everybody just goes uh, at one point and there's just a sea of people on the road and um, but like it's it is all organized like japanese people don't jaywalk they will stand oh, at the pedestrian crossing funny and you should wait. say that on the way up here so i was walking past christchurch and you know there's multiple pedestrian yeah, crosses yeah, there. Yeah. there was a rake of japanese tourists and like there was no traffic mm. I was just like and there was a whole lot of oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 gasps and stuff because they were waiting for the green man and then the green man they came always and they were like, wait for the green man when... very very regimented very very yeah. well behaved um, and while we were there um, so there's still an element of or certainly while we were there there was still an element of COVID restrictions mm-hmm. that were in place in Japan um, I believe they're due to be um they're due to take them down now or to stop using them um, this month. Um, but like everybody on public transport was still wearing masks. I'd say 90% of people you encountered, public transport, public areas, shops, yeah. um, getting in and out of restaurants, like yeah. they'd, they'd take their masks off for their meals and stuff. Um, one thing I love about <laughs> Japan, it's going to turn into a everything is shit with Japan um podcast but um one thing i, I think that's I loved, the episode title i think yeah yeah one thing i loved about japan that i found really jarring being back uh, in ireland is on the public transport in japan 
you you don't talk on your phone. You don't even yeah. have your ringtone on. Yeah. It's very much designed to be a quiet space. Now, we were lucky in that there were times when we were using the, the subway in Tokyo when it was busy, but we were we deliberately designed it that we weren't out in full-on rush hour sure. fucking sardine city. Um, but yeah, like the getting onto a train and, and the fact that there's like dedicated women-only carriages or there's like the dedicated now i know we have it on our buses like the dedicated seats for elderly people with disability uh, pregnant women parents with young children like they're automatically left empty unless the carriage is getting full and people are like oh fuck it i'll sit down yeah yeah, yeah. um and as soon as per- somebody who needs that seat gets on they're up and they're it's given to them none of this like and match <laughs> that the, happens at home. Yeah, the weird thing about that, I think, and I could be completely off base on this one, but the thing about the woman, women only carriages in Japan, it's all down to perverts. Yeah, that I did hear that afterwards. That yeah. like there is, there isn't really violent crime or anything like that in Japan, but people, but perverts. Some, some men can be lecherous. Because that's what I remember watching on many, many moons ago. Remember mm. the word on Channel Four? Yes, they did a feature on. Japanese kinks right and they featured all the different things about the vending machines with the panties in them and all that type of yeah. stuff but Made they had cafes. yeah but they had this specific cafe that had a made up um, subway tram right that you went into and there was a, a girl there in a, in a schoolgirl's outfit and you were able to take pictures of her panties underneath her skirt that was wow. part of it and that was this was on the word that was the thing ago. that was the thing so from that and other things that I've seen throughout my obviously you know, saturation of Japanese anime and movies and culture and all that type of stuff being a giant weeaboo. Um, yeah, I fully believe that's the reason why there's women-only carriages because perverts. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I didn't feel uh, unsafe um, around Japan. And were, were, were you a bit, of, a bit of an anomaly being like a pale redhead? I was a fucking giant. Yeah. I'm big in Japan. I felt like a giant amongst women because they're all about five foot um actually talking about me and being an anomaly we were at uh we were at a shrine in tokyo what was it called hang on till i consult my spreadsheet because she has one yeah like, you um, want to see this folks a full-on itinerary so i had to keep track of things and then i i populated it while i'm populated it's such a wankery word um <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i filled in the spreadsheet while we were away so i could remember the shit that we did on the various sure, days yeah so there's a beautiful um buddhist temple in an area of tokyo called um asakusa it's called the sensoji temple um, and it's kind of a whole complex like there's a five story pagoda and there's massive statues and um, lots of little shrines to other kind of smaller gods um, and uh, there did hit a point I will say apologies Pan, where I did get temple fatigue but anyway this this temple that we went to, to Sensoji we were just having a wander around and it's kind of it's a little bit commercialised because when you get in the main gate there's um, two rows of like booths and they're all Sorry, souvenir booths booths okay souvenir booths. shops right so um selling fucking everything from socks to chopsticks to food and whatever but um we got to the end of that and up to the main temple and Liam had kind of wandered off to take photos on one side and I was wandering off the other 
And uh, there was this little old Japanese man came over to me and he, I was wearing, I think, a, a sleeveless Fleetwood Mac t-shirt, probably. Um, but it was sleeveless anyway, so my tats were on display. Ah, yes. So he came over and he pointed at my arm with my half sleeve and, and, and kind of held up his camera. Not a camera phone, a camera. And to indicate, could he take a photo? And I was like, okay. And then the other one wanted a picture of um, uh, Ivy and... Ivy and Harley Quinn and then held up his camera so we could get a selfie together and then walked off to his other old men and lady pals and I was like that was that was an interesting encounter of course Liam had to ruin it then and go god knows where there's pictures they're being uploaded to and I'm like (laughs) I mean look I kind of agree with Liam on that one like like the you know conversation we just had uh, about the whole train thing I know Um, I know like yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think, but they do like that, that. That's a massive, massive thing for people to go to those temples and like talking about like temple fatigue. It, that to me sounds like when it, you're listening to too much Sisters of Mercy or something. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, one hundred percent get that because there's so many of those things around, and it does sound like they definitely capitalize on them big, big time. They do. Like you can buy your good luck charms, and you can you can perform the rituals if you want to. Yeah. And um, you know, wash your hands and clap and do all that kind of voodoo shit, um, which I didn't partake in. Um, like even in in Kyoto, uh, some of the experiences that you know, fucking Lonely Planet and TripAdvisor will tell you to sign up for is like walk around in a traditional kimono for the day, and I'm like. I am a giant red-haired white bitch. I am going to look so culturally <laughs> appropriating in one of like I'm like no I, just I have, can't do I it. I just have this image of this. You, you get into your kimono and it cuts to these two small geisha women and it's just subtitles and it's like, whoa, she is one giant red-haired white bitch. Look at her go. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like. I know some people would do, and and there were. I did notice there were obviously plenty of tourists who were doing it, but they were sure. Asian tourists. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah, yeah. I I did see the odd. I say Westerner. They're probably Aussies or Australians. A lot of like, Australians. Um. Well, most of the Caucasians that I encountered were tended to be Australians or Americans. Like, didn't see a paddy for the whole three weeks. Uh, saw a ginger once and then realized, oh, he's a fucking Dane. He opened his mouth. Ah, okay, uh, I was okay. like, oh, is it one? No, it's not. Because um, I was on the look. There is a large Irish contingency in Japan. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. large enough so that they celebrate Paddy's Day every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So they have parades and everything. So, yeah. I just, I think either we just didn't encounter any on our particular routes that we took while we were there. Um, we did do this cool thing in Tokyo in a place called Team Lab. And it was like an audio-visual trippy experience. Um, it's like 25 quid tickets were for nothing um, and they give you a little presentation when you go in and they tell you to roll up your trousers um, okay. take your shoes off so you can fully immerse yourself in the experience so there were things like you would walk into a room or sorry you'd walk down a ramp into a room that had maybe a foot of water Okay. And there were koi fish projected from the ceiling on that water swimming around in a range. And you're encouraged. So it's like augmented reality stuff, like her? Yes, sort of. Yeah. So, like, yes, they, they could have just projected those koi fish on the ground. But the fact that they filled the room with water so it looks yeah, like yeah, these yeah. fish are in a fucking lake and you're standing in a lake 
or there was another room that you you were uh, you walked into and it was like a room made of beanbag it was called the black hole room so it was like the idea was that you'd step into it and you'd start sinking into it oh okay um and then there was another room where they're like come in and lie down and you lie or sit down and look at the ceiling and it's these kind of bursting flowers moving across the ceiling but after a point it hits a point where you're like lying down you're like oh it feels like the floor is moving can i ask i was sober okay so you didn't get high or anything? No, like you did. no, no. You no. kind of really need to. That sounds like something you need to be off your tits for. But the thing was, I so I really enjoyed it, and I wasn't high. Wow. You know, um, and what else is? There? Oh, there was this kind of there was this beautiful botanical room where, like, you walked in and there was like curtains of orchids. It was a living exhibit, and it, they kind of moved up and down on the floor. And the ceiling, no, the ceiling was the grow lights. But the floor and the walls were mirrors. So it was like you were in the middle of this living garden. You were, you were told to have Crazy a sit down. Japanese bastards. I know, I know. Mad. Um, did, did you do karaoke while you were there? I didn't. Because there was only, I could only find karaoke rooms. And I was like, two of us standing in a room like a sado. Um, no, I didn't do that. I'll just go back to karaoke looks. Because oh, yeah. I don't know, like obviously I've never been, so I'd, I'd expect them to have massive bars where people just go up like here and mm, do a song. I think they, I think they do. To be fair, I didn't go out of my way to look because we. I was saying it to, to you earlier. We walked the fucking legs off ourselves. Just like there were certain things that we wanted to see, certain restaurants that we wanted to do. Like there's a there's a, a breakfast type restaurant that. Um, they have a branch in Tokyo. It's called Egg Slush, and I've Liam heard of Egg Yeah, so we went and got Egg Slush sandwiches, and that was like the thing we were going to do the morning. And it was like, oh, sure, we'll just wander around and see what's around Tokyo. Of course, ended up in a Sanrio shop, and nearly spent lots of money on stupid. That's, that's, see, that's the danger. You see, I know, things. you know, I know. I will eventually get to Japan. I mean, I already have had the conversation. Well, I will eventually get there. We will go. Probably when we're a bit older. And, our, our Amelia's a bit older than that. We might just go to two of us and leave Amelia at home, whatever. Yeah. But that's the danger. You need to have the monies to go because there's like, in, I, Shinjuku for me would be all about the electronic stores. Well, what you want, what you would want to go to. So some in Shinjuku, there's Akihabara, which yeah, is there. Akihabara is a big place. Yeah, where all the old retro gaming stuff. Oh, dude. <laughs> Hi, Matt Dillon. Yes, I did find a copy of that game. <laughs> but I did not buy it because the cheapest one I saw was 100 quid. But that's, that's actually not bad. I've spent that for a game. And they're, they're all graded as well. So yes. like they would have, you know, the box is whatever grade, yep. the game is whatever grade. Or, you know, they'd say certain things are unplayed. So, you know, yeah. buyer's risk and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But there was everything from like whole Atari systems yep. to... You know, PS5s. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of shots where we just wandered around, just looking at shit, yeah. having member berry moments. Yeah. Like, because Liam is a massive gamer. Um, and <laughs> thanks to Japan, <laughs> thanks to our time wandering around these retro gaming places and our time at Super Nintendo World Universal Studios Japan, uh, <laughs> Liam rolled over one morning and was like, I bought a Switch last night. <laughs> 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 I was like, sorry, what did you do, baby? He goes, I bought a Switch and Mario Kart. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. Nice. So he bought a Switch so we could play Mario Kart together and other things because he knows that 
when it comes to Nintendo stuff, that's where my happy place is. So, is he aware that you have experience in Mario Kart? Have you told oh, yeah. him that you've played this I mean, before? I still kick my I ass like oh, okay. we played it the other night. Right, right, right. But, but it, was, it was fun because he hadn't seen any of the tracks. And it was ah. Mario Kart 8. And I was like, oh my God, you're going to lose your shit when you see these. So, yeah. we, we played through, we've played through the 50cc first four or five cups. Yeah. Um, and Dry Bones is my man. Um, <laughs> it's the, the little the little skeleton yeah, yeah. fucking uh, oh my god Koopa Koopa thanks for the word there I was like it's not a Koopa it's a Koopa <laughs> um, yeah uh, so yeah thanks to Japan we have that now um, I'm trying to think yeah the team lamp thing was trippy the Natural History Museum was awesome because we went to see a dino exhibit. Hey, you like this is is this where they have the Ankylosaurus? Yeah. So Liam said to me, he's like, "There's a dino exhibit in the Natural History Museum in Tokyo. Do you want to go?" And I said, "Fuck it, yeah." He's like, "The tickets are cheap. Let's go." Um, and they had two T Rex skeletons, uh, Scotty and Tyson, who were on display. But their their big thing was this. Um, Ankylosaur fossil who I, I think it might have been South America was discovered that's where all the fossils are found right yeah. um, but it's it has a proper the second part of its name is a proper Latin one but it's been nicknamed Zool it's been called Zool by the, the archaeologists who found it and it was, I want to say it was found in 2019 but it's the biggest the largest fossil from this type of dinosaur ever claimed because it's basically it's an almost entire back plate so the ankylosaur was a herbivore dinosaur little little veggie eater um but it had a massive big armored back and like a bludgeon on its tail yeah, it's like a, it's like a living tank it's, it's my it's my favorite dinosaur really it's my favorite yeah so me and the media have, have been doing dinosaurs now for the last five years obviously learning mm. all about them and stuff and see huge dino but uh, like most kids, but she like we were going through them all. But Ankylosaurus is my favorite. Her favorite is still the Triceratops for now, uh, because that's that's the same with most most young kids. The Triceratops is nearly always their yeah. favorite. Sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. Reminds the Ankylosaurus, and it's 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 a it's a beast. It is an absolute unit of a it's, dinosaur. It's unreal, and they had like massive parts of its skull on its own on display and then I think they had a replica of its skull with its back piece in another section to kind of give you scale and, yeah. and, and size and what have you but it was just we we wanted to see dinosaurs and it was kind of a happy coincidence that when we got there Liam was like holy fuck I didn't realise this this fossil was on tour as part of this <laughs> so yeah, that was that was fun. <clears throat> Not only dinos, there is zoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, that that was really cool. Um, we did some of the like bigger um touristy things. Like we went up a viewing tower actually on our second was it our last night or second to last night in Tokyo, and like that went up fucking fifty floors to a viewing tower. Got up there and there happened to be. Um, an exhibit from uh, uh, whatchamacallit an exhibit from an architecture firm there's this architect and his whole thing is about making kind of buildings and nature work together um, I will remember his name 
at 4 a.m. this morning at when you wake up and go, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I actually, I'm looking at my fucking uh, spreadsheet and I didn't, I didn't actually write down the name of it on the spreadsheet. I did have it's, it is like it's, it speaks to the amount of stuff that you got to do there because looking at your spreadsheet, it's mentally long, yeah, and there's a lot of detail. So, like, Japan is obviously a treasure trove of stuff to do. It is the food is fantastic. We got to, you know, eat things like delicious fucking sushi. Um, yakitori like tiny little ramen place in the middle of nowhere in, in Kyoto run by the same three men probably for the last 30 years yeah. they don't speak a lot of English who give you like a water bowl of ramen and some gyoza and a beer for like a tenner cheap as chips yeah like people had me a little bit worked up going oh Japan is so expensive and in my view it's expensive to get there um, you know, the flights are not cheap, but even still, our flights for the two of us are about two and a half grand, which isn't bad when you consider going That's halfway not around the world. Bad at all. But people had me kind of going, oh, it's expensive. We live in fucking Dublin, yeah. which is so expensive most places in the city centre is a tenner a pint that's the Irish that's the Irish equivalent of measuring money how much is a pint how much is a pint yeah tenner a pint like that's insane we did go to like a a higher end sushi place um, in Kyoto while we were there to say we had the nice sushi and it was delicious and I think it you know that that was maybe 50 quid ahead and we had a kind of a late lunch it was really nice and it was one of those places 50 quid ahead for me is not expensive no Wow. Okay. Was it 50 quid? I think it was 50 quid. Maybe it was 70. Anyway, um, but it was one of those places where like the sushi is so fresh and so high end that they don't give you like soy sauce for dipping. Some Australian guy behind us asked for soy sauce and the chef went, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did he go all suka? No sushi for you. <laughs> I uh, I did get to see some real geisha. Nice. Um, when we were out, so we were out walking on our last night in Kyoto. I specifically went for a walk in the dark to take pictures of the streets for you, Wayne. I, um, you did, and it's great. Some great stuff. <laughs> loads of inspiration for some nice paintings of Japanese street scenes. I'm very happy with that. Fucking um, cables everywhere. Electricity yeah. cables. Electricity. Yeah. So don't I, don't, I I don't think they've upgraded their systems. They've Added on and added yeah, on and added yeah, yeah. on and added on. So their electrical systems is just like the build up from the forties on. Yeah. Just just built on top of each other and this, the buildings came up around it. So yeah. A lot of the oh, this is just me being a nerd and knowing this shit. And the, yeah. I don't know how, but it is. Um. But yeah. So their electrical systems were built off the back again, like a lot of things built off the back of the war. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of kept adding and adding and adding. In the larger metropolitan areas, there are upgraded solutions. But a lot of the more suburban areas still have. But it's well, it's that good. It's lasted this long. Well, this is it. Or like in the likes of Kyoto, where I got those photos, you don't see the cables on the main thoroughfares, the yeah. main streets. It's when you're looking down a side street. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just a hodgepodge. Um, but yeah, saw some real geisha. Didn't take photos because that's rude. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else do we do? That Did Oh, you- souffle pancakes. So these are the, are these the fluffy things with the stuff inside them? There's the nothing in there's, the there's, there's, no. There's nothing in the idea with these souffle pancakes is that they um, they whip up the uh, egg whites like you would from meringue, right? Um, so th- it's a, it's a very fluffy uh, batter that goes into the pan and cook it on either side. So it's about like it's a good wedge. Oh, it's a massive like it's a good like two inches tall on your plate when you get it first. Now it does settle a little bit because yeah. the air gets knocked out of it as you're eating it and covering it with sauce um, 
but they are fucking delicious. I had some fake ones as well, so I can tell the difference between fake ones. People who like places where they're not real souffle pancakes, they're like they've poured an American style batter into like a ring, into a oh, a, yeah, 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 yeah. A, a ring mold and just made a tall pancake as opposed oh, to a okay. real souffle. So it's not souffle full of air. So yeah, so go for the real ones, guys. The happy the happy pancake. There's one in <laughs> Kyoto and there's one in or is it Osaka and Hiroshima. There's two places. Uh, I, there's probably one in each fucking town but it was delicious one of the ones we went to I think it was in Osaka yeah it was and we had to queue for an hour to get in and then I discovered there was one in Hiroshima and I'm like do we want to go back and Liam was like oh yeah fuck it and I said what if there's a queue and he goes nah we'll go a bit earlier we'll go closer to opening time and see if there's yeah. fucking no queue the place is half empty we're like we should have just waited should have waited till Hiroshima well you got your pancakes we had yeah. multiple uh, multiple servings of souffle pancakes you were going to ask me something I have like. many questions, many questions <laughs> about your experience. But you, like, it wasn't you didn't stay in Tokyo. You obviously moved around. You went we to like Osaka. You went to Hiroshima. You messaged me and you messaged the group after when you were at Hiroshima. Yeah, and it was unbelievably emotional. Apparently, it was. Yeah, um, Hiroshima was the last stop on our trip. So we had done Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka at that stage. And Osaka, we had had our days in theme park and on Awaji Island which we can go back to but the, the Hiroshima bit I suppose it's 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 a it's a built-up city now it's a metropolitan city it has a lovely little tram service like the mini Lewis as we were calling them because they're literally like two two little carriages yeah. going down um and um we were staying we were staying less than a kilometre from what's now known as the A-bomb dome. So if anybody's seen photographs of Hiroshima um, after the bomb fell. And is, um, is it, so this is, I've always wondered this because I say, is it Hiroshima or Hiroshima? I think it's tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've said Because I've always wondered how they say it there. Hiroshima. Hiroshima. So there you go. Um, so people who know their World War II history, um, uh, the bomb was dropped at quarter past eight in the morning of the 6th of August, 1945. It detonated 1,500 metres above ground. It flattened Hiroshima for a radius of about three to four kilometres. It's like when you see the photographs and then you're walking through Hiroshima kind of going, holy fuck, this whole area was just gone. Like yeah. we, we walked from our hotel to, so we were kind of walking west, northwest from our hotel to the to the Edo. And the the dome was like, I think it was like a cultural center. The, the building had been designed by, I think it was a Czech architect. I think it was a, like an Eastern European architect had designed it in like the 20s or 30s. And it had been used for a couple of things over the years. Um, but this was one of the very few buildings that survived. Now, now there are, you know, bracers and everything inside the building yeah. to keep it up. But in the photographs, like the concrete structure and the um, metal that made the dome all survived. And they've left it there as a reminder. And on that section, <clears throat> Hiroshima is a series of five islands, which was 
utilized by Shogun and uh, rulers over the years, which I got a whole history lesson when I went to Hiroshima Castle, which was also fucking destroyed when the bomb was dropped. And they rebuilt it. So many of those castles over there were like, it was built in like 1600 and something. And then there was a fire in 1700 yeah. and something. And we rebuilt it. And then there was a fire in 1800 and something. And we rebuilt it when all the other lads were going, here, let's take that castle and burn the shit out of it. And then with a lot of them, it was like, and then it was destroyed again in 1945. Yeah. Um, but the, there's, there's a whole park. So from, there's a bridge, the bridge beside the dome was actually the target and it detonated a hundred meters or so um, away from it. And it's funny because, not funny, haha, but it's it's interesting because there's this whole big park and then almost away down a side street, there's just a little plaque going, it's it's here is the hypocenter of the bomb. Just look up 1500 meters. Um, but there's a whole park there. There's the dome, there's um, a peace clock, there's multiple memorials, there's a, a peace flame there's a mound that is still there that is where they brought the cremated bodies and they still i think for years afterwards they would bring bodies that had been cremated yeah. and say prayers and whatever there and the overall message in Hiroshima and the monuments that they've made it to commemorate the awful event is peace um you know they're they're their thinking is this should never happen again. Yeah. Um, and while we were there, there was a there was an exhibit on, and it was kind of a survivor's account of the bombing, and and told through two survivors, two guys who were working for the Hiroshima Meteorological Office. Yeah. So at the time. Weather reports were considered classified. They weren't. They weren't. Um, they weren't read on radio. They weren't put in newspapers or anything like that. But the the weather and the Met studies had to be done every day, and they had yeah. to be submitted from the local office in Hiroshima to Tokyo and whatever. So there were these two men. One of them was a nineteen-year-old from fucking Tokyo who hadn't been living there long, and the other one was an older man who I think was maybe 33, 34 at the time in nineteen forty-five. And it's their personal accounts of what happened. So some of it is done in the form of reenactment. Then there are video interviews with these men. Uh, the, the, the older guy was interviewed, I think, in the 60s and the 80s. There's footage from both that time in the, in the movie. And the younger guy, the 19-year-old, he was a, a trainee and he had moved to Tokyo. His, his sister, who was four years older than him, had moved with him and they were in a boarding house so the, the Met office was about three kilometers south of where the bomb dropped. Their boarding house was was much closer on the other side of the river. And like he had been making his way to work that morning. Like they, there were two false alarms that morning before there were two air raid warnings and nothing happened. Um, and this lad was making his way to work. He was on a boat cross. He was taking the long way to work. And he was on a boat crossing the river when the bomb went off. And he's talking about like the sound and the color of the sky when it, when it, when it detonated. And, you know, this sudden feeling of heat on his face. So he jumped into the water. Jesus. Um, and then, like, they talk about later the radiation burns that he would have suffered. Yeah. Um, and how he had hurt his leg. And 
he even with an injured leg two days later he trekked like the three kilometers and um, it took him hours um, to try and find his sister and like when he's re-interviewed in the 80s I think it is he like he carried that for the rest of his life that he never found his sister she's was presumably yeah. a victim um, never found again after 1945 I think she would have been what 23 or something at the time like there's monuments in, in, in Hiroshima of like they drafted high school students to help with the war like to help run comms and all that yeah. kind of stuff like it's 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 very emotional being there because it kind of hits you um and uh, i don't know i know some people might be mightn't believe it but i've i've found there have been certain places where i've been where like big tragedies have happened and you can oh yeah feel it in the earth yeah you know yeah. you can sense it in the people air people say that when they go to like i've been to ground zero like yeah i've been to ground zero as well and then also um like when they go to the concentration camps, yeah, yeah, um, like like the same. It's exactly the same. It's that feeling of like you can feel all of the the depth yeah. in the air. Yeah, but it, I always found it weird, right? That following that, given the American American presence in Japan, that Japan co opted so much of American culture after America did that. I just still to this day I still but when did, I think about it like, that's so fucking strange but then at the same time isn't like Japan and I learned this from watching Shin Godzilla uh, <laughs> <laughs> Japan don't have a military after World War II they basically have to ask America's permission before they can there was kind of like like the armistice of World yeah, War yeah. like Germany had they it's had to ask when Shin Godzilla came yeah, in yeah. Can, we, can we get the lads together like it's kind of wacky <laughs> but I mean that, that whole that whole thing that event that one event obviously impacted on all of Japan's history but that permeated through everything across like oh, Godzilla okay. is a direct reasoning from that like it's a direct result oh, of yeah, that yeah. was Godzilla <clears throat> even down to like the likes of Akira yeah like the opening sequence of Akira is a bomb going well, that's off. the thing I think we've often said over the years you know it's the only post-apocalyptic society on earth is, is Japan, Japan because yeah. they have had two bombs dropped on them it's crazy um, I, I, it was, it was wonderful to see the people in Hiroshima were lovely. Um, uh, it was watching that, that survivor's account was totes moche, yeah. uh, as the kids say. Um, you know, talking to the likes of my stepdad, who's big into his military history in particular, in, in particular World War Two, And he would have been more about, you know, the war in Europe for years and he's gradually learned more about the war in the Pacific and what have you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, he's he's kind of said, you know, it was an awful thing. But at the, at the same time, you know, what Japan did in the Pacific. No, Japan... And I'm like, the, it doesn't uh, justify it. It doesn't justify dropping a nuclear bomb on them. But the, the, the atrocities Japan had com committed in most of... Like, a lot of... Like China, it's part of the Southeast Pacific. Asia, a lot yeah. of Southeast Asia. Like the 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 camps that they had were, oh, like the atrocious like stuff going on, big time. Yeah. But at the same time as well, like you said, dropping a bomb of that, two bombs of that regard. And they had more prepped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's. It was so. It was. I suppose in the in terms of the other warfare up to that point, yeah. it took physical effort and tangible action
actions to yeah. get to, say, the death toll that Japan got to in the Pacific. Yeah. It took a flight of six hours and somebody pushing a button. Pushing a button. We're going to see like, more, more of an in-depth look at that with Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer coming out. Yeah. You know, we're going to see like the, the, the birth of that and where it came from. Like, but it's, it's, it is, yeah, it's, it kind of, it, it's like it reduces the action slightly. Well, not slightly, great. It reduces the action greatly to making that choice to press that button. Uh, that could decimate so many. Whereas the the continued actions of of say Japan or Germany in World War Two mm. and the continued kind of plans that were laid out. Yeah, I think it makes it very cold as well because it disassociates 100%. The, the, yeah. the 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 perpetrator, the person from the destruction that they're it also, visiting. It, but it also it, because of the disassociation, I think a lot of people don't look on it as. As, as as violent and as vile an act yeah. as they do the Holocaust. Yes. Because it's kind of seen as it was like a punctuation yeah. point at the end of the war. That ended yeah. the war. That ended that the war. That was kind of like, oh fuck. Yeah. You know? This is this is getting serious. Like. Yeah, like you know, calm down there, like relax, put put the bombs down, please. Thanks very much. We surrender. And it, but at, like at that point, like Germany was done at that point anyway, but mm. it was the punctuation points or the exclamation mark that America cemented themselves as being the superpower and obviously led to the Cold War. But I mean, it's just it's just mental and I can't even imagine what it was like standing there. Yeah, it was. It, and, and after that toast so much, so we like walked around the park and we, then we went and had a coffee. We found the, the, a, a less offensive chain to Starbucks called Tully's Coffee, which are all over Japan. They're also from Seattle, uh, Washington, so they are an American chain, but they're not Starbucks. Tully's, so, Tully's, never heard of them. Okay. Um, tasty coffees. Um, we went to have a coffee, Tully's and tasty uh, coffees. Uh, Liam was like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I'm actually a bit emotionally drained. Yeah, haven't been around all of that stuff." Um, so we went for a little walk at a nearby park where you could buy food to feed the koi, and they would follow you around the lake looking for noms. Bit of, a, bit of a theme here, Jill. Bit of a theme. <laughs> Feeding all the animals. Feeding the animals. Putting the world to rights. But the, the, those koi, there was, there was one that we found in one section of the park that I kept calling Falcor because he was he was white and iridescent and had his scales. Look, you know the way Falcor yeah, has yeah. scales on his back? Yeah. He was whopper. He was like the size of my forearm and then his tail. And like as thick as fucking that part of my arm. Jeez. My upper arm. Um, Huge big lads. I think we're going to take a break to get points and then we're going to talk about Godzilla. 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 All right, back in a sec. So we are back. We have points in front of us and this Mm. is now the Godzilla themed section of the Mm -hmm. podcast because you went to the Toho Museum. Yeah, so so (laughs) there was this Godzilla activity that Liam wanted to do. Um, it was the it's called the Godzilla Interception Operation Awaji. And it's on Awaji Island, which is about <laughs> stop laughing at me, Wayne. I'm going laughing at the names of things. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Um so Awaji is an island about an hour and a half on public transport from uh, Osaka. It was relatively easy to get to. It was a, like a couple of trains, as in a couple of kind of underground slash metro trains. Like we didn't cool. have to get a fucking Shinkansen or anything, a bus yeah. train. Um, but it was nice because it brought us out along the coast. And then you get to 
the bin on the mainland, you have to cross a suspension bridge on a bus, which is great crack. Um, they used to have, I think they still have ferries back and forth to the island, but not as frequent now that they have their bridge. Um, and on this island, Wadi Island, they have a couple of different attractions. Like there was one that was uh, a Naruto thing and oh. some other anime, a couple of things that I was like, I don't know what they are, but I know what Godzilla is. Um, so this <laughs> intersection, interception operation, there's a couple of different parts to it. It's like 20, 25 quid in, they bring you in, they show you this video, <laughs> which looks like it's an, a, an extract from Shin Godzilla. Okay. Um, so they're going with that story. So what they do is they, they, there's this scientist lady on the screen speaking. Is very... she just called scientist lady? <laughs> is that her name? That's her name in my head. Yeah, scientist um, lady. I'm sure she. I'm sure the character has a name. I just did the same image of like the video from Battle Royale where it was like, <laughs> and she just came on the kids' instructions about being on the island. This lady is less happy. She's more serious scientist. Okay. Is her brief serious scientist? Um, and they talk about they don't even refer to it as they they talk about it being an a Godzilla, not even the Godzilla. They yeah, because have... Shin Godzilla is considered one of the yes. Godzillas. Yes. So the idea is is that um, in order to stop Godzilla, they've had to um, they've had to enact this operation. So they want to intercept Godzilla and immobilize him. So the story that they tell through this detailed fucking 10 minute video is that they have um, lured Godzilla to the island. They've evacuated the island, everybody's safe. And they've lured Godzilla to the middle of the island, detonated a load of explosives so he gets stuck uh, in the middle. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> they, drop, they drop this, instead of in, like, in the movie where they inject him, sure. they drop this formula into his mouth, which incapacitates him. So he's... He's not dead. He's just inactive. Right. So, so outside there is this fucking humongous Godzilla model. So you're talking about, there's like a bit of his, is there even a bit of it? There's a bit of his forearm that's sticking out and there's his entire head and back maybe to his shoulders. And it's funny because as you walk by this model and like kind of, walk down a little path that looks like it goes kind of over his back there's another bit of his tail sticking out further down in the park um so they went so it's, with, the, the shin godzilla model is all the way through the he's, area he's supposed to look like he's been embedded and he's been here for a while his mouth is open his eye is open and the premise that they're going with is because he's an active inactive but not dead we have to keep monitoring him so in order to monitor him you zip line into his mouth or along the outside of them. As you do. As you do. So I think it's something like a 100 meter zip line. Um, and when you get close to his mouth, you can see like in the inside, there's like lighting and veins. It's all blue. Like, Ooh. so it's supposed to look like he's powering up or he might power up at any point. Um, so they, they do the video thing. They bring you over, get you into your harness. Then you have to wait, climb up, do the, do the, do the zip line. And you get off that and you come down into this area where you're given, uh, it's like kind of laser tag rifles. Okay. And you have to shoot these pustules that might breed small Godzillas. So you have to like basically protect Japan even further and make sure that you keep the threat. This is what you're on, the zipline? No, we've done the zipline and come down and do this little bit then. Okay, okay, okay. And then you finish that 
And I think there was some other VR piece that was an extra add-on. We didn't bother. We were like, fuck this, we'll do the museum. So we did um we did the, the zip line, the shooting, then you go over um you go over to the museum and it's like it's so detailed because they have they have dioramas that have been made over the years from various different Godzilla movies. They have scale models. I don't think they have the actual suits because they didn't seem big enough to be actual suits you could put humans I in. I don't even know if a lot of the original suits still exist. Like if you've got to think about like I think 59 is yeah. a long time ago. So that's yeah. the original and it could have degraded over time. But they definitely had scale models from Shin Godzilla. They yeah. had dioramas. Did from they have them. the crazy googly eyed model? They had a googly eyed um, small kind of toy model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so they had all these dioramas set up, a lot of history of Godzilla, like a decent example. I was expecting it to be a handful of things, but it was actually quite decent. Kind of wandered our way through that. Um, and um, at, the, at the end, it had every possible toy or whatever, 1 16th scale of Godzilla. Is it 1 16th? Like you're talking about. Um, of every fucking Godzilla not just Godzilla but every other weird Godzilla universe monster that appeared so is it in Shin Godzilla when he comes out of the water first and he has no limbs and he's he's all like like, hobbling along with the googly eyes yeah yeah with the googly eyes they had him they had other weird mutated monsters that I haven't seen because I don't know the lore. Gamora. Well, not even like like King King Those those guys I know, but other weird looking, almost eldritch horror looking. Yeah, dudes there's, there's a lot I of that. Seen. Like I mean, Power Rangers does a lot to Godzilla when the big firm rubbery suit dudes, you know. Mm. Um, like it did. A lot of them are all wacky and out there, like you know. So um, and that was really interesting. And then we got to the end, and. There was a, a lady at the end. She was like, oh, we can do some photographs and a video. And I went, what? So there is a photograph of myself and Liam. He has a clapper and I have a director's uh, cone. And it looks like we're shooting Godzilla. We're nice. posed to look like we're shooting Godzilla. Then there is, a couple, I think it's 10 second footage of us and Godzilla attacking a town. Oh, so nice. we're told to look off camera at a tiny little kinkadora. And uh, yeah, us doing our best stupid movie monster um, movements. Um, so yeah, that was that was like total cheese. And I was like, fuck it, we'll get it. Um, and, then, and then, of course, they let you loose into the, uh, into the merch shop afterwards. Which you very kindly produced and you brought merch back for us. I did, yeah. Uh, I have here, I know you can't see it, this is a... This is a segment for radio for sure. But this amazing bag, Godzilla Interception Operation Awaji, National Awaji Island Institute of Godzilla Disaster. And it's, yeah, it's a it's got a big kind of image, a negative image of, of Shin Godzilla. It's on my t-shirt. Thing. Yes, it's on your t-shirt. And you also got me this amazing t-shirt of the classic Zilla. Thing. It's kind of, it's a, I think it's a Zilla Hakusai mashup. Yes, it is. Yes, it's because it's got the wave thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for that. And also for Amelia. <laughs> you got Amelia a Godzilla headband. Which I, I thought know, it was the cutest thing in the she, world. No, she, I know she's going to love this. Because Amelia loves Godzilla. Obviously, of course I've she sco- does. She's your daughter. Yeah, I've schooled her in the ways. Um, and she does know uh, her uh, stuff. So yeah, that's amazing. So thank you for that. Um, um, we did go a bit mad. Because I, like, I got 
t-shirts for all of us and Liam got a t-shirt and then I think I got a I got a fucking snow globe and the headband and other bits for the Brosnan children yeah and um there was loads of bits and she was kind of putting it all together and I said I kind of laughed and was like oh they're for uh, they're for gifts you know as if to say oh they're not all for me I'm not this much of a fucking Godzilla mark I am <laughs> you are now. I am now um and uh she, she uh so she gave Liam his stuff with an extra carrier bag in his bag she gave me my stuff in a bag with three carrier bags which is why you and Kim and Darren will all get one of those yeah, bags. I'm, I'm very <laughs> thankful to that checkout lady because it's an amazing bag. It's kind of funky. Like, it's, I know it's only a bag for life bag. But, but it's, it's still, cool. it's fucking awesome. I guarantee you it's one of the very few that are in Ireland right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's one of, like, maybe seven. Yeah, You yeah. know, so... But it know. was, I'd, I'd highly recommend doing that zipline. Just if, like, if you're a Godzilla nerd... You know, when are you going to have the chance to zip line into it was Godzilla's mouth? Google it, folks. There's images of it on the internet. Google it and check it out. You can see a picture of the massive Shin Godzilla gob. Like, the model is so impressive because when you're up close, like, even just in terms of, like, the paint finish and how his skin looks and everything, it's deadly. Like, it really, it really Japanese don't up. fuck around. No. Like, no. so when you zip line into his mouth, yeah. literally right into his gob. So, so the way it's done is, like, actually, so it's like the back of his head is, is kind of hollow. So you, okay. you, you zip line through him and there's a platform on the other side. Okay, okay. But, like, all inside his mouth is the teeth, there's the inside yeah, of his, yeah. like, you see his palate, all that malarkey. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's like it's it's such a wacky thing. It's such a wacky thing. Like to, like when some, can you imagine him sitting there? I was like, we need a Godzilla attraction. Yeah. What are we gonna do? It's like well, well, like they have, they obviously have other statues around. The city. Like there's the one in um, Shinjuku, which is on top of a hotel. Which yes. We took the the photo of, and then I swiftly turned around the corner and spent a load of money on vinyl. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vinyl shops in Japan, by the way, delicious. They rate everything, they grade everything. They say to you, Would you like to listen to it before you buy it and take it home? You're right. Everything, else, like is, everything else is shit, but Japan. It's so <laughs> true. Um, I became addicted to ses black sesame flavored things. Um, I managed to get a beautiful black sesame creme brulee uh, at a restaurant, which was very very tasty i got my black sesame goth ice cream when i was at <laughs> pick a random shrine name um because one of the one of the bigger goth sesame yeah, shrines i actually specifically went to a graveyard in kyoto because goth and also because they're japan like land in japan is premium yeah and obviously it's because it's a series of volcanic islands that were created thousands and millions of years by ago. the gods when they were dipping swords into, into yes. the ocean and then the droplets um, formed the islands it's of all, Japan it's all super hilly and mountainous so there's a beautiful graveyard in Kyoto where it's basically built into the side of a mountain wow. and like the the the, the monuments to people they're all relatively uniform like you can tell oh that's a slightly nicer granite than the one next door or you know that one's a little bit more ornate or you find the odd super ostentatious one but it's all fairly uniform it's all like none of this kind of mad variety that you'd get in an Irish graveyard for example 
Yeah. But the fact that like you've you've gone up the side of a mountain to get buried, and and like we just well, I just went for a walk because I was intrigued as to to what this looked like, and then you get to the top. I don't know whether they're the cheap seats or the expensive seats, depending on you know what way their you grading think, system works. You would think that like, the higher up, the closer the god or buddha or wherever yeah, you are potentially so. but like if you're starting a graveyard beside a mountain do you start at the top or do you start at the bottom and work th- your way up i think you, yeah, i'd start at the bottom because you'd be like i'm not going all the way up there just to start one grave let's start it right here well this is it in this particular um higashi i think is the name no what's the name of it to- mm, otani higashi i think is the name of the graveyard in uh, kyoto but there is a beautiful shrine at the bottom of it. And then there's all these graves. But I was getting followed by fucking crows everywhere in Japan as well. Everywhere I went, there was a crow. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, were, they, they probably don't see that a lot. Like, you know, look at the pale goth girl. <laughs> every time, every time I saw one, I was like, hey, Kim. Hey, Lisa Marie. Yeah, send your messages. Um, <laughs> Noisy bastards as well. Noisier than our crows. Wow. Attention grabbing so-and-so's. I think the second or third crow comic was about a Japanese guy. His sunglasses were had kanji on it, if I remember correctly. That's he lost his eyes or something when he died. Do you remember that? Oh, I have vague member berries on yeah. this now. Um, well, like, so when you were there, so I, I see, I, I have different variations in my brain how I would have acted if I ever moved to Japan. Yeah. And I probably would have, I, I would have gone through my phases of what I would have been like. I would have gone down. Uh, the Murakami phase of just listening to jazz, drinking coffee, not smoking, mm. but sitting in cafes, looking longingly at rainy <laughs> days and stuff like that. People are a pretentious wanker. Then it would have been the, the full-on weeaboo, anime manga thing, the cinephile, all that type of stuff. Like, there's so many different cultures in there. Was yeah. it was was that part of it overwhelming? Like, Because when you went to Harajuku with the Harajuku girls and, and all the, the greasy guys and yeah. all that type of stuff, were they very apparent? Was it very much out in the open? It was out in the open, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't too much of a sensory overload for me, I have to say. Um, there were parts where it was like super fucking busy. We were like, oh, it's so people here. But um, it is, there is kind of parts those areas of japan that are are certainly in tokyo where there's like a specific thing they're kind of spread out as well yeah. so you can kind of get some normal japan in between <laughs> but it's funny like when we went up that viewing tower and saw that deadly architecture exhibit um and looked out from that viewing tower like as far as you could see on the horizon was just city like Tokyo's fucking massive. Metropolis, yeah. Like it's huge. Like I know we often talk about how ah, Dublin's tiny. Like you travel a bit yeah. and realize how, yeah, how tiny small Dublin the city is. is. Yeah. But and I and I've been in big cities, but Tokyo, like that was just compared to New York. And and yes, and the fact that the freeways go between the buildings. Yeah, they do it right. It's like fucking Blade Runner, man. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's that's where all of that, all of that type of stuff, like cyberpunk is literally tokyo yeah like that's where it all comes from you have blade runner it all comes stems from akira matrix it came yeah. stems from akira all of the anime stuff all of that yeah. you know all it's literally bleeds through which is ironic considering that the the commentary from those movies is about what america did to japan and the culture that was after it. yeah yeah then all of a sudden it then it, it looped back on itself but that's what culture is it just it's it's just the, the the loop of that type of influence. Like we went and, and everything is everything is 
so built up like it you, you have to remember when you're in the big cities in japan to look up because the thing that you're looking for could be on the seventh floor like yeah. you know it's it's not you, google maps line again um <laughs> Like we went to, we went on to, to see a bit of Osaka. We went, we, we were like, oh, let's go on the big red Ferris wheel, which you have to go to the seventh floor to get up on. So like the, 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 the platform that you board the Ferris wheel is on the seventh floor of a building. That's insane. Right? That's insane. Right? And you, and you go up, like when you're at the, when you're at the peak of that Ferris wheel, you're probably up easily another dozen stories and you're just looking at Osaka it's crazy. there it is I was, to, I was thinking of something to ask you there and I had to, had to go out of my head because of that particular fact and it's just like what the fuck but uh oh what was I going to ask you yes I know what I was going to ask you Super Mario World uh, do you know what I think I've sent this to a few people who have visited a universal theme park or a Disney theme park every adult turns into a child as soon as they walk through the gates. Yeah. And that is what happened to us when we went to Universal Japan. Um, it was, I had been to Universal Studios Orlando before. Liam had never been to a, a Universal before. So I knew what to expect. Right. <laughs> um, and a lot of it is very similar to the Orlando theme park because you've got streets that are supposed to look like backlots in... Um, in Universal Studios, yeah, um, you know you've got Amityville. We went on the cool. we went on the Jaws ride, and a couple of sharks come jump out of the, well, not jump out of the water, but veer out of the water yeah. and show their show their teeth and what have you. We deliberately boycotted Harry Potter World, yeah, because fuck turfs, because fuck turfs. Um, we went on the flying dinosaur Jurassic World ride, which is basically. It's an it's a roller coaster that you sit into and we we ended up in the front. Um you sit into and there's a pterodactyl at the front, so you sit into it and then it pulls you back so that you're almost like supermanning. Oh yes, yes. Um, and it's like even with the the quick passes to some of these rides that we have, again, you're like you could be queuing for 30 minutes and then the ride is over in five. Um but again super fucking efficient like Japanese have it down like they the the queuing system was really organized you have lockers with codes everything has a fucking QR code in Japan um lockers with QR codes stash your belongings which can fall off when you're on the ride um so we went on that and we went on the um the Jurassic Park the classic Jurassic Park ride which is a a, a water roller coaster so right well. So they they bring you through the big gates and then you're kind of oh, going, cool. going through and you see steggies and you see those ducky platypuses or ducky fucking what are they called? It's ducky from the land of time, but what type of dinosaur are they? Um oh they're the ones with the the things at the back. Yes. The hope uh, begins with a P. Yeah. Begins I, with a you P. know which one I'm I know which one it is. Yeah. It begins with a P. Oh my god, I only had this conversation with Amelia a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'll remember again. You'll I'll remember at four o'clock in the morning. But like that—that's a—that's apparently a classic. Um, Paracephalophilus. Paracephalophilus. That's a—that's a classic Jurassic Park ride. They bring you through the water and and then they bring you into a building and the premise is the raptors have got out, and you know you're going around corners and there's fucking animatronic raptors coming at you and you're going you're you you're the, the it's bringing the <laughs> it's bringing the oak around and you end up like being brought up. 
um, up a ramp and of course the T-Rex awesome. jumps out and you drop like that's cool and hit the water and of course we were in the front for that as well got soaked um, grey crack it was grey crack um, but uh, we got on loads of we got on a, got on a, a, a Spider-Man kind of um, what was it a, it wasn't a real roller coaster it was a simulation so you got into this kind of car it's a, it's thing screen well, you're you're brought around an interior and there's projections. You're given 3D glasses and you have like Doc Ock coming at you with like heat stuff and um and water is sprayed at you and fucking what's his face Goblin is zipping around on his Green Goblin is zipping around on his glider and stuff. And oh. It's Spider Man trying to catch the baddies, um, but it was it was loads of fun. But Super Nintendo World, holy crap! Like you walk in and it's like walking into Mario. And how like, much did they celebrate Chris Pratt there, if at all? Well, <laughs> not at all, really, because it was computer game Mario. So it wasn't movie Mario. It was oh. just all computer game Mario. Oh, computer game Mario, and they're adding a Donkey Kong Land next year. Oh, which means I have to go back to Japan. Um, but it's weird because when you walk in, it it feels like it's kind of built in a crater which lends to the leveling the way the levels are done okay. in Mario um, and like there's Bowser's castle which is this massive steel looking thing and you're brought in we have to do a Mario Kart thing and that you can buy these wristbands that actually give you knee skins on Mario Kart oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you buy these little wristbands and, you, and I was literally running around punching blocks like a sap because it goes bling. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. That is amazing. That is fucking I just want to do that. That's it. Highlight of the trip. Um the the the, bling, bling, bling. the the merch shops in Super Nintendo Land were just or Super Nintendo World were just manic. Um I bought a few bits, bought myself a little Yoshi. Um because Yoshi's one of my favourites. Um I say it was crazy expensive there, was it? It's it's a theme park, so yeah. it definitely was one of the more expensive parts of our trip. Yeah. Um, we 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 did we eat anything in there? We bought kind of snacks in there, but then we had like dinner in Red Lobster, which was just outside afterwards, which was handy. Um, because again, another staple of American culture. Exactly. Right well, like when you walk into when you walk into the gates before you go into the ticketed entrance of Universal, there's all the restaurants that are in the complex that I would have seen when I was in Orlando. So like Bubba Gum Shrimp, Red Lobster, um, a rake of different chains. Like there's like every city, I think every city we were in in Japan had a McDonald's, a KFC and a Burger King. Yeah, well that's, yeah, that's part of the course. Starbucks was yeah. fucking everywhere. It's crazy. So is that what it is? At the end of the day, Japan is just a better America. Really. <laughs> you know, less less violence. Although fuck their, I guess their former prime minister wouldn't agree with that. Uh, after being assassinated last year with a shotgun, mm. homemade shotgun. Um, I d- I did find some of the older people in Japan, and maybe it's just older people in general are crotchety. But there was like kind of a, it was kind of a vibe off them that they were. A little, I don't know whether it was well, like a stupid gaijin. That's all you are. You this know what I mean? Is so is you're this. just coming into their land, and you know, just like fucking tourists. Yeah, no exactly. different than people here, like you know, or anywhere really, you know, coming into their space. Yeah, but uh, 
they're probably very happy with the fact that there was so many heavy lockdowns in Japan. But Japan is used to that. The whole thing about like them wearing masks everywhere—they've been doing that for donkeys like long before. A, a lot of a lot of um, parts of Asia have worn masks for years because of pollution and yeah. stuff. Um, I think. Japanese are quite health conscious. Sure, they have one of the oldest population in the world, don't they? Like they do, but that the younger but, generations aren't having kids. Well, this is it. They're for the twelfth year in a row. They have had a population decline. Yeah. Now there's still 125 million Japanese, but they have been declining by like half a million a year for the last dozen years. Mm. Um, and people in Japan live to ripe old age yeah um they eat well they 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 exercise there's no such thing as an overweight well i didn't see any overweight japanese people but they're not overweight they're deliberately bulked up and unfortunately because of the timing we were outside of sumo season sumo season is like in january and may now again there you could have gone to a sumo school and had lunch with them but it was kind of it was not so no pictures of leaving a nappy no no it was not high on my list to do and it was like oh let's wander around and do other cheaper things <laughs> sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> um like still spent a fair amount there See, like yes. i think i saved a few bob booking everything myself like i booked everything through booking.com yeah but i'd say it was still between six and a six and a half grand for the two of us that's not weeks. for that for three weeks for that type of a trip that's yeah. pretty damn good yeah um like for that amount of time in, mm. in the country is pretty good and it, like i said it is something that you're not going to be doing like every summer that's a that's a yeah. very much a once or twice in a lifetime type of trip yeah you know yeah. from this part of the world anyway and and we there were certain cool things even that like coming coming into coming into japan on our flight approaching tokyo we came in kind of from the south so for a good 20 minutes on one side of the plane we had a view of main uh main fuji as we yeah. were as we were coming around to haneda airport it's fucking massive Mahusa. it's huge like yeah. you don't realize how fucking huge it is until you see it yeah the struggle off the shame <laughs> it really does <laughs> but it's funny because when you're traveling around when you're getting like the the bullet trains from one city to the next and you're going through mountainous areas of japan you're like this is fucking nothing this is like a hill yeah <laughs> um so that was our view on the way in and then on the way home so you obviously can't fly over russian airspace um, so that's why like on the way in we kind of flew over we were coming from Frankfurt in Germany so we kind of flew south a bit over Europe the stands Southeast Asia and then up yeah um, on the way home we thought we were going to do the same trip only in reverse but we flew north which meant we kind of went over the Arctic yeah and uh, came in came came over the Bering Strait and over Greenland and stuff which was like amazing to see like glaciers and like these frozen tundras where there is nothing. Yeah, you sent pictures and it was like fuck. That's insane. <laughs> like when you when you sent the pictures you were kind of like look what we flew over like hang on a second you were in fucking Japan. What? <laughs> no, it's like what, what are you doing in the Arctic? What's going on? <laughs> so it was like yeah because obviously I didn't even twig until after you said it Russian airspace you're like you know fuck those guys because you can't go over mm. so yeah it's not so 
but yeah, look, I mean, we were all living vicariously through all of your pictures and posts <laughs> and videos, and, and it was like, holy shit. I would highly recommend to anybody, go, if you can, go. It's, it's like, there's so much to see. I think there's something for everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised Liam didn't buy a, a, a retro console, but I think um, if you wanted that kind of stuff, you could do that. If you wanted to immerse yourself in all the culture and the, you know, religion, there's so many different shrines, whether they're Buddhist, Shinto, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, it has a vibrant nightlife, um, even just wandering around areas like, um, what was it? Dotonbury, where all the lights are in, in, in Osaka, and just watching these mad animatronic fucking crabs on walls advertising for seafood <laughs> places. Um, or going to like the retro, slightly dilapidated area, which is, you know, kind of kitsch, kind of uncool now. Um, there's so much to see and do. There's something for everybody. Um, if you can afford it, go. Yeah. Um, go visit, have a blast. Um, it's not as crazy expensive as people will have you believe. If you do it right. If you do it right. Um, you know, ours, where we were lucky, I think every place we stayed was really nice. Um, most people we met were lovely. Yeah. You know, um, I am, I impressed, uh, <laughs> I impressed somebody by um, uh, downing some sake, half a glass of sake before he had to leave. And we were at one of those places in Hiroshima where we were eating um, Okinawamaki. And uh, I was like, yeah, lash it back. Oh, bye! But I'd, yeah, I'd, I would go back. Not next year. We have other plans for next year. New Orleans, baby! Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's still so much to see that we didn't see. Um, that they like easily have planned another trip. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and there's potentially a couple of places that I'd go back to. Like if we were kind of hitting more northern Japan, I I'd, I'd probably still go Kyoto is my favorite. So I'd really have a couple of nights there. So yeah. Kyoto, out of all the places you went to, Kyoto was your favorite. I think stop. I think Kyoto as the city was one of my favorite stops. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's amazing. Wow. That's awesome. So like, so recommend Japan would recommend. Japan would highly recommend. Yeah, yeah. Two comes from me. Um, and, you know, we did sensible things. Like, we brought our laptops so we could keep up to date on shows and, and the odd movie that and stuff. That baffles me. I get, I get, like, the idea of bringing a piece of equipment with you when you're going somewhere for a week in Ireland or something. Yeah. Because you might have, you know, it might be just boring or whatever. But going to somewhere like Japan I know. and bringing a system, an entertainment system with you so you could be like, just in case we're not doing anything. Yeah, you know, in Japan. Well, like there were times where you know we we go we'd be out all day, then we'd go out for dinner. You'd have like a couple of drinks with dinner. Yeah, and you'd be just like, "Fuck, right. I've walked like we've walked ten kilometers today, or we walked twenty kilometers today," and you don't feel it until Fitbit goes, "Well done, you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Fitbit has never been as happy with me as it was for the three weeks that I was away. But like even even just being able to go back to the hotel and chill out and like I brought my laptop because there's a couple of things that were working our way through like a couple of cartoons and stuff and even to just throw one on in the evening yeah. sit there eat pockies um you know did you do the whole Seven Eleven thing oh yeah 
yeah, so the egg like, sandwiches. Yeah, so the guides, <laughs> there's so many guides online for 7-Eleven on how to get cheap meals. Yeah. So, so like in, breakfast, in, lunch, in, dinners in, in two places, there was a 7-Eleven in the same building as the hotel. Wow. Um, yeah, that's efficiency for you. And one of them, it opened till 1 a.m. So it even lied in terms of its fucking opening hours. Jesus. Um, but yeah, the thing with the 7-Elevens <laughs> in Japan are renowned for their cheap food, their pre-made sandwiches, in particular the egg salad, which is just egg, a particular type of mayonnaise, no crusts. No. Some white bread. Yeah, white bread. Um, I they're good. The shrimp cutlet ones are lovely as well. And the pork cutlet ones are lovely too. Um, there was there's so many snacks. Yeah. Seven Eleven. I still have. I actually have it with me in case I need it. My Seven Eleven, uh, raincoat because they were like <laughs> seven bucks in uh in Japan and uh, they're great. They have a little wow. carrier bag and everything. That's amazing. Um, that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Great for gigs. Yeah, yeah, out in the open gigs. Exactly. Um, because I like we had umbrellas and I had like a kind of a rain. Did you bring your blade on an umbrella? I didn't. The only reason I didn't bring it was because it it's it's a full size umbrella. Yeah. And it would have fit in my bag, which was check-in. And then I was afraid it would get damaged. Break, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. So I didn't bring it with me. Um so tempted though so for anyone who doesn't know Jill has this blade runner umbrella where the, basically the, the shaft of the umbrella is a light mm. and it looks like the umbrella is from blade runner mm. so, yeah, yeah, yeah the amount of people who are like oh the lightsaber and like fuck you it's a cyber umbrella from blade runner yeah. shut up what was I saying 7-Eleven 7-Eleven sandwiches they also have weird sandwiches with like strawberries and cream in them yeah. which I didn't buy yeah so they're, that's a renowned kind of like a like a dessert sandwich that they do yeah, no, no. but because the bread in, in Japan is sweet bread yes the majority of the bread they have is like light fluffy we sweet did, bread we did have they don't have it, like the Mr. Brennan's yeah. like white sliced pan like type of situation yeah I know and is it there's a there's a there's a an anime character is it an anime or a cartoon character in Japan it's a little bunny called Mitzi or Mitzi. It's the blue one. It's blue bunny. Uh, that bunny, which they make into bread. All right. Okay. What are they called? Oh, there is a particular brand. Miffy. Miffy is the name of the bunny. Um, And there was a Miffy, a, a dedicated Miffy bakery in Kyoto that Ooh. I bought that bread from. Um, that was filled with red, sweet red bean paste. Mad for their bean paste. Mad for their bean paste. Yeah, yeah. Mad big time. For it. That um, they're, they're, they're matcha which I'm not a fan of not really a fan of matcha I love um, I love I quite enjoy tofu and I love uh, the beans that you'll get in Japanese cooking and still yeah. in the pods edamame. edamame edamame I always say it wrong like that there were there was a restaurant a yakitori kind of everything on a skewer yeah. restaurant in, in, in Kyoto that we went to and you know, you'd sit down and they'd bring you a glass of water and a bag of edamame beans that have oh. been shaken in salt, salt and chili. Salt and bollocks. Salt yeah, and yeah. Ch- Oh my yeah. God. Fucking real so stuff. So amazing. Really good for you too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we get, really we get, you. you can buy bags of those here in the Asian stores. Yeah. And that's why I, I bring them home and I boil them up or steam them up. Cover them in salt and chili, and me and Amelia, me and Amelia and Irene would all sit there. Amelia loves them. Yeah. Nom, 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 nom. Amelia loves and them because of Bluey. The cartoon Bluey shows that about. Yeah, they're really nice. So they're, um, yeah. but uh, food so good. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the 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 dessert sandwiches I didn't go for, but the other sandwiches were good and were the other snacks. There were a few they other. They do like, like famous stuff with pancakes where they get pancakes loads of different things in them. Like TikTok is filled <laughs> with guides by local Japanese people who go to Seven Eleven and go, This is a seven eleven breakfast, this is a seven eleven lunch, seven yeah, yeah. eleven dinner, and they show you all the different variations of food you can get. Like the ice the ice cups with the iced coffees and all these different things. So yeah. Look, and they have the yeah. hot fridge. And they have yeah. Yeah, so like you'll go in and they'll have all the the, the cold coffee variations. There's Costa cold Costa coffee is available in Japan. Yeah. Um but then they have as we dubbed the hot fridge. So it looks like one of the cold fridges, but you open it and all the coffee things and are hot. And then the vending machines on the streets all have hot and cold drinks and they're and like, underwear. Didn't find any underwear. Did you not find myself. all? Okay. Maybe they're all looking. gone. That's true. I thought they um, generally... The, the rumour has it that they're everywhere. But clearly in, they're not. It's interesting. Like There were certain things that we found walking around Japan that we were like, couldn't have that at home. Like People leave their bicycles unlocked. Yeah. And they'll be there when they get back later. Or there's a fucking vending machine there with some bins perfectly fine on its own not molested in any way the end of a Saturday night in Dublin City the fucking vending machine would be the far side of the road the bins would be upended and all the money would be gone yeah and like there were certain things walking around various areas of Japan that were like we couldn't have that at home we're we're animals (laughs) but that's like like you've said everyone else is shit but Japan And on that note, folks, we're going to finish up this Japan-tastic podcast. Uh, That sounds... sounds, I want to go now to Japan. I I need some money from the the Japanese Tourism Board. Fucking right. (laughs) Dear Lord. If anyone's listening from the Japanese Tourism Board, get in contact. We need some sponsorship and bring us over there. We'll do a podcast in Japan. That'd be amazing. We could could do our our Queer Eye episode. Japan. <laughs> yes. um, like I've done other stuff in the last couple of weeks, but nothing worth mentioning. So we is can that, absolutely end. Is it, has, has since you've gotten back? Has everything else been like just like it's like a shade of grey compared to like, like is it is the sheen of Japan still there? Like you arrive home and something happens at home and it's like used to be exciting, but it's not anymore because it's not Japan. <laughs> there have been a couple of things where I'm like, oh, that's so lame. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> do a better in Japan. Uh, uh. like we didn't we didn't go to any i didn't bother looking to see if there was any gigs or anything over there but um i'm sure i'm sure if anybody decided to go they could have a more cultural experience than me or a more relaxed experience me i think we got the balance right in terms sounds like you did yeah um you ziplined the godzilla's mouth oh jesus everything else is you know come on (laughs) you know and i got the bag so it's all good (laughs) Folks, I've been Wayne. I've been Jill. Until the next time, sayonara, motherfuckers. (laughs) Sayonara and konnichiwa.